Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mock Sports Presents the Quaddy Potty. My name is Mitchell Cashmore, and as always, I am joined by fellow founding member of the Mock brand, Nick Highland. How are you, brother? Good, mate. Good. Good after a good week of punting at the Everest that we were at, which I'm sure many punters at home would have got up with as well with that big favourite day at our Ramwick. But yeah, I was definitely cheering after that. The big win of Nature Strip for me. So that was that was very good for my weekend. Yeah, let's just talk about it a bit. I mean, personally, without trying to sound too cliche, I think it's a day that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life, if I'm being honest. It was just the spectacle of it all. I can't imagine what it would be like with 50,000 people there because it was loud enough with 10,000. It was busy enough with 10,000. Just uh, I think all of us collectively who were there, just the, you know, the ecstasy of being out of lockdown, back at the races, watching what I believe to be the best edition of the Everest so far. It was crazy, Nick. Just like what what did you think of the race itself? Oh, the race itself was just amazing. Like me and you were we both agreed we didn't care which one of our horses won as long as one of us did just to get around yeah. each other. But um as soon as I saw Nature Strip storm to the front and coming into the bend with the four hundred, I knew no one was gonna catch him there. Yeah, that's for sure. Very uncharacteristic by my uh my tip Eduardo. Everyone seemed to think, me included, that Eduardo was just gonna challenge Nature Strip for the lead and come around the turn nose to nose, but as soon as you saw Nature Strip get that clean lead you just knew deep down it wasn't losing. But then um, but then that last uh, 100 metres, like I was worried. I thought Nature Trip was going to run off and win by a few lengths and that would have been a little boring. But gee whiz, Eduardo getting that second wind and ch- um, challenging it and then Mars Crusader, almost Chautauqua-like, almost grabbing it on the line. It was seriously a race that's going to go down in history. And Nick, how loud was that crowd when Nature Trip crossed the line? was amazing because like we said most most of the punters there are uh, favorite favorite backers and obviously nature strip being the favorite people were loading on it and that everyone just went crazy when he won because most of the people there were on it but yeah mars crusader honestly what a run that was if he didn't get have to move his line a little bit early on when he was starting his run in the last couple hundred meters he would have won that race so it's um and that's for sure yeah like, it's we, very we good said... for this horse yeah, we we said last week that um we didn't think it was winning, but we'd be glad to see it winning because we knew we'd be in for something special because a back marker to win that race takes a very special run and it almost had it. Like I, I believe Tommy Berry said to J-Mac after the they crossed the line, like, who got it? Like, And J-Mac was just in shock because he thought that he'd won it by heaps. He had no idea that Crusader was storming up his bum and almost nabbed him like because he just... You can see the relief on J-Mac's face, tears, hands up in the air, running up and down the barrier. Is Seriously, an image I will never forget is just J-Mac and Nature Strip just standing there in front of all of us, arms in the air, and just everyone applauding, just applauding in amazement. It was just such a big run from such an amazing horse. Um, and also, we both were able to get a massive win on the Kosciuszko. How about that? Arkadiel, that was another one. Didn't think Tommy Berry was going to get around the crowd so much when it happened, but he was ecstatic to win that. And we, yeah, yet again, getting around the crowd. And that's what started getting us up 
couple more drinks into everyone and then by the time the Everest came everyone was enjoying it so much and it was just so loud and um like you said it's definitely one of the better moments of racing that we've seen and it's probably as good as it's ever going to get because I reckon with any more people it's just going to be annoying because you have to wait triple the time just to get drinks and stuff like that so I think it was probably the best the best it's going to be for us as a attendance point of view because um yeah like I said it'll just get annoying as more people get there yeah that's for sure um and also you were able to snag Tommy Berry's winning goggles as well yeah that that I'm jealous. As a Tommy Berry fan, I'm extremely jealous. Of course. Three from three. Every time I go to the races, walk away with some jockey goggles. So, Arkadale ridden Kosciuszko goggles as well. So, um, keep them tucked away. So, yeah, happy. that's for sure. And then uh, before we get into the tips, you just we just have to mention incentivize. My goodness, just keeps proving doubters wrong. Absolutely smacked them in the Caulfield Cup. What do you reckon, Nick? Moral for the Melbourne? Oh, I wouldn't say moral. I think sports bet what they've come out and do did and was very smart in paying it out because everyone's just going to put their money straight back into incentivize. And to be honest, I'm not too sure. I feel like it's one of the more unpredictable races of the year, and um, you can't be just on a favorite, I believe. But yeah, we'll wait and see when the field comes out and gets announced. Yes, and of course, punters, we uh, will be going absolutely balls deep in the Melbourne Cup, just like we did with the Everest and Caulfield Cup last week, and like we'll be doing this episode with the Cox Plate, runner by runner, sorting the contenders from the pretenders. But um, that'll be a bit later. But for now, let's get into the Randwick Rundown. Nicholas, my friend, are you tired of the big bookies keeping you down? Yes, I am. Well, what if I told you there was an Aussie-owned bookie out there and they would keep your best interests at heart? You're kidding. There can't be. Well, with PlayUp, you can get access to some of the best quality customer service that I have ever seen from a bookie. Don't tell me there's a link in our Instagram bio to sign up with. Oh, you bet there is, Nico. Head to the show notes or in the link in our Instagram bio and you can sign up with PlayUp today and you can start getting access to not only amazing customer service, but also a wide range of incredible weekly promotions and offers. Tell them we sent you and they will look after you unlike the big bookies. All right, the uh, the Spring Carnival continues in Sydney after the uh, the hangover, that is Everest weekend. Um, got the $2 million invitation race, though, so still some big money racing going around at Randwick for the Phillies and Mares. Um, weather is going to be absolutely bone dry, I reckon. The, it, it was supposed to be nice and wet. It was going to be a, probably a soft seven, according to the uh, weathermen, but the weathermen yet again have gotten it wrong. So it will probably be a good four all day. And if the sun comes out and absolutely just absolutely blares down on the uh, field, I don't wouldn't be surprised by invitation if it's a soft three. So beware of that. Um, the winning post to the 1,000 metre mark will be eight metres out the rail. And for the rest of it, it will be five metres. So beware of those leaders. They could definitely grab that rail and ride it all the way to the finish, especially the way that Randwick's been playing lately with leaders. But, um, I mean, it's a lot of open racing on Saturday, so I expect winners to be coming from all spots of the track, if I am being honest. Move in, race one. Uh, it's a maiden race, so pretty much impossible to map and just as hard to pick. Um, so like I normally do with these sort of races, I'm back in the horse who actually has race experience, as in my opinion, it's just more of a trustworthy bet as you've seen it race and 
it, it like you know it just has that advantage over the unraced horses so it's going to have to be contemporary for me missed by a small amount at Flemington and if he recreates that run should probably get it done here $3.60 should be a good price to start the day in my mind Nick what are you thinking yeah no I agree I think contemporary like you said that leader bias will be there won its last trial as well and then yeah second in its first up for its maiden so yeah contemporary will be a good pick for the first one for me as well Lovely. Head on to race two, another absolute belter. Do not know how to pick this one, if I'm honest. Got three different listed favourites at $6.50, and that says it itself. Um, I'm going to go with So Say You here. That's the only horse I've put some time into looking through in the in the highways that it's been in. So um, I know what it's about, and it's it's been thereabouts every time. So So Say You should be thereabouts again. And... Um, yeah, for $6.50 for this horse, I think it's definitely a chance. So, yeah, $6.50, $2.40 each way for So Say You in the second. Lovely stuff. I'm going to be on Lord Desinamu. Uh Got the monkey off the back last start and was able to make it two from 32 in his long career. I know that doesn't read well, but uh, 16 places in behind that as well makes it sure that you can trust this horse to be in the finish. Um, and, of course, Art Cadeau, we talked about it earlier, the Tommy Berry Terry Robinson combo, so that's proven effective enough for me. Tommy Berry is going to be back on the Lord here, so I'm happy to keep rolling with it. And at eight dollars to win and two dollars eighty to place, each way on Lord Desinamu seems to be a decent play for the highway. Um, we move on race three. Uh, straight to the point, gonna have to be with Marzu. For no other reason than that his recent trial saw him come the narrowest of thirds by less than half a length to both Classique Legend and Entrevere, both of whom are far above this level. Of course, Classique Legend, a Everest winner and ran in the Everest last week, and Entrevere starting as the firm favourite for the invitation to um in this card. So if he recreates that run and runs at his strongest, I do believe Mazu can get this win. $6.50 seems to be a great price for someone that comes to the trials. With such talented horses, Nick, are you liking my bet or are you going against me? Going against you here. I'm going with um O President. O President's one that enjoyed its last last prep with the two wins in it. But um the eighth place is pretty disappointing last start to be honest. But I think it'll be fitter for this one with Tommy Berry on board who's uh riding well right now and Walla combo. Ten dollars and two dollars forty for a place is a pretty good each way for me on the third race. Heading to the fourth, 1,200 metres. It's it's a difficult one again for me to pick here, and I'm going to go with number eight, Nick Tock, $23 horse here. So it's a bit of a a roughie, but um, my reasoning behind it is it's come second behind Eduardo in a trial by 0.2 lengths. And Eduardo, probably one of the horses that has had probably one of the best years it's ever had. So um, I think that's form in itself, and... It just hasn't had much luck in this prep, so I'm going to give it a chance here. That $23 and $6.50, I'm happy with that, even for just a place. So, yeah, Nick Tock for me in the fourth. I like it because I'm also going wide. Um, I'm going with Oxford Tycoon. Um, I think two starts back was really stiff not to win, just got unlucky to be beaten there, and it was beaten by Roselle. Roselle, of course, went on to uh, compete and. Wasn't amazing, but definitely wasn't a no slouch in the group level racing in um the Golden Rose. So um draws wide here, 
the Tycoon, but I think it has the speed to overcome it. And it's going to be a pretty moderate tempo race is what I'm expecting. So I see no reason why it can't get over and get towards the rail and towards the forward pack. I'm thinking at $17 to win and $4.80 to place each way, Oxford Tycoon could definitely be a very good value play in the fourth. But uh, we move on, race five, 1,400 metre mark. I'm thinking Korea Dearest in this one, Nick. If he brings his A game, could definitely get this one done. Group level horse, and I, it just wouldn't surprise me in the future if he ever contended and even won a group one. I definitely think that he's going to be a group two, three, type horse come the end of this uh, prep and maybe towards autumn. But um, I think he's just been progressing really nicely these last two preps. Uh, last year in the Golden Eagle was three lengths off the winner in Colette. And then in autumn, I believe it was, he was only a nose off Think It Over in a Group 3 race. So that form certainly reads really, really well. Um, like I said, leaders are probably going to have a little bit of bias towards the day. Um, sorry, a little bit of bias on this day. But um, like I also said, just with the open nature of this racing plus the dry deck, I just think that um, they're going to be winners from all areas of the track. And Creedirus is certainly going to have to be coming from the back to get it done. Um, but I think he's going to swoop him and swoop him hard. Knows how to get it done late because he's had a bit of a habit of having his best sectionals of the race and normally also sometimes gets the best sectionals of the day. So I think if uh, he's able to go fast, as fast as he can late in this race, $3.60 will be a nice winner in the fifth. Uh, what do you reckon, Nick? Yeah, I was going to go with Creed Dearest until I've gone back and watched every single one of its trials it's had since it's been off. And it's just, honestly, there's nothing there. Just The trial's just nothing there. Like, ninth last trial, fifth before that out of six, third out of seventh, five out of eighth, and last as well. It's not it's not, not good to read, I think, so I'm going against you here. I'm going with the the favourite Emerald Ki- Kingdom. Come down from, from Queensland with a second place at Eagle Farm by 1.5 lengths, but the trial before that won by a whopping eight lengths. Probably, probably not against a very strong field, obviously, but still to win by eight lengths is still a very impressive in itself. So, yeah, Emerald Kim- Kingdom for me at $3.30 for the win with Timmy Clark on board. Lovely. Heading to race six, the 1,600 metres. Uh, it's another tough one for me again. Not too sure, but I'm going to go with Snowfire. Snowfire just seemed to get fitter again last start, third place, and should be thereabouts again. And at $12 and $3.80, I think, we'll just be peaking for this one. So, yeah, should be a winner for me for Snowfire for race six. Um, I'm going to be on Elizabeth. Another tip that I'm going with based off sectionals. Uh, like we said, we were there last week, Nick, and she uh, ran... Excellently behind Promise of Success, who was real dominant in the last race of the day. Um, and, of course, Promise of Success went fastest overall for the race. But um, Elizabeth Beale had the best 800 to 200 metre sectional of the day. Meaning, punters, that she went faster than some Everest horses did. Well, all the Everest horses did for that 600 metre period. That means she went faster than Nature Strip, went faster than Mars Crusader, went faster than Eduardo. She went faster than all of them. So you'd think that that sort of form reads absolutely fantastic for a horse going into a benchmark 78. So I think $10 to win and $3.30 to place is way overs for this horse. So I'm happy to have Elizabeth Beal each way in the sixth. 
We move yeah. on to the uh, 2400 metres listed Talisors Cup. And I think it's a pretty competitive field here, but I just don't think that they're, they're going to be able to compete with the favourite Zayrek when it comes to the finish. After just nine starts, this gelding seems to have a group level win in him in the future. I don't think group one, but I definitely think a group two or group three would certainly be doable, especially considering how impressive he was in the Kingston town, coming fourth behind She's Ideal and Antunt. And then um, the very next race came fourth again, but this time in the Metropolitan behind Antunt and Montefilia. So remembering that Montefilia, uh, who won that race, went on and came fourth in the Caulfield Cup last week. So I just think that that form reads really well and should hold up here. Two dollars forty is a you know it's pretty short, but good enough for me if for a horse that uh, is able to run so competitively against Caulfield Cup horses. That's for sure. What are you thinking, Nick? I hundred percent agree, and I don't think there's needs to be much more said. I think you hit it spot on. So we we skip race eight and race nine for the tip off. So we head straight into race ten, the last of the day at Ramwick. And it's it's another tough one here, but I'm going absolutely wide with Lord. No, sorry, not that wide, but Lord Lord Olympus at fourteen dollars and four dollars. Last win at Warwick Farm just really looked very nice for me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna back it again here. Robbie Dolan on board, and yeah, Lord Olympus for me. Lovely. I'm going to go with Bellucci Babe. Think it's ready to win again. Classy horse that knows how to get it done. Has only missed the trifecta once in 12 starts. And I think she was just excellent behind Minaj last start and was brave to come third by such a narrow amount after copping some checks early on in the race. I think the drop back in grade will help. And the price tag of $4.60 um, is certainly a price that I prefer over the fave. So Bellucci Babe to end the day for me at Randwick. So, uh... That concludes the random rundown. Let's head into the tip-off and then into a balls-deep analysis of the contest. Nico, before we begin, let me ask you something. Do you reckon you're any good at fantasy sports? You bet I am, mate. Well, with Draft Stars, you can get off the bench and into the game. Play for fun or play for cash as you compete against other sports fans across Australia for huge prize pools, with some even going upwards of $10,000. That sounds like free money to me. Well, it's not exactly free money, my friend, but if you fancy yourself a bit of a fiend for anything fantasy sports related, whether it's horse racing, AFL, NRL, cricket, NBA, or whatever sport of your choosing, you can head to draftstars.com.au and start playing now. The details are in the show notes or in our Instagram bio. Click the link, sign up today. Tell them the Moth Boys sent you and start winning big on Draft Stars. All right, the great tip off. Nico, last week you went three from three. You were able to... Uh... Catch up to me a bit there. You've closed the margin to, I think, two points. So you could, uh, if you continue that oh. form, you you could run past me here. I'm on a roll. Definitely. You are, you're like my football career when I turned 15. You're ready to peak, my friend. All right. Um, we roll into the Manicato Stakes at Mooney Valley on Friday night. Um, Nick, just want to get your thoughts on the Manicato Stakes. Many racing purists have been absolutely appalled at the decline of this race in recent years, as it used to be the premier sprint of the spring before the Everest came along. And so now the best sprinters in the country couldn't really give a toss about the million-dollar prize money in the Manicato when they can make over five times that amount by going around in the Everest. But um, so what are your thoughts? People are saying this is probably the weakest Manicato in history. Do you still think that the race holds up despite all the horses going to the Everest, or you still think it's going to be a nice, strong race? When you look at the field, you're not going to see any of these horses even 
being tossed up in the discussion for the Everest. So I can see that where that that opinion comes from, and I and to be honest, I agree. It's a pretty pretty weak field, to be honest. Not really anything that's that's sticking out to me is an absolute moral or an absolute ripper horse that I really enjoy watching. But um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's going to be a good race, but. It's one of those races where you look at and it just doesn't read as a group one race. It reads as just a regular old sprint that'd be like, you know, the third or fourth of the day at a Flemington or a Caulfield meet. Um, Cause that's basically where all these sort of horses have come from. Um, but I mean the whole New South Wales racing versus Vic racing debate, I think is going to be going on till the end of time. But I definitely think that the Everest has done wonders for the, the racing scheme in Australia, despite, you know, stealing all the premier sprinters from the Melbourne Spring Carnival and taking them to Sydney. I mean, maybe that's just my bias being from Sydney and, you know, being local to the Everest instead of being a Manicato local. But, but yeah, I, I, despite a weakish field, I still think it's going to be a ripping race. And I'm thinking Lombardo wins it. I think Lombardo also does it in dominant fashion. I'm thinking we're looking at the sprinter version of Incentivise here because, uh, Lombardo seems to have come out of nowhere in the last three starts, gone from a benchmark 78 race to a $5 chance in a group one race. So I think, and of course those last three starts, won them by a combined 10.3 lengths, mind you. So I think he's just coming in that he's really, really strong. Should run the whole race um, just on the pace and then in the last 200 run by them. And so I think $5 to win and $2 to place is amazing value for a horse that should be in the finish each way on Lombardo for me. Yeah, I agree. Lombardo, I watched it in that, um, in that first race that won this, this prep with one of my mates. We were, we were backing it just for a place and a place multi and it absolutely flew by that five and a half lengths over at Morfitt Field. So yeah, got to stick on him here. He's been, been my around the grounds tip every couple of weeks when he's, He's been racing, so yeah, I'm gonna gonna stay with him. So yeah, Lombardo will win that one for me as well. Lovely. We move into the Bondi Stakes at Randwick. Uh, strong field, that's for sure. I'm just gonna have to stick with the favourite Halal here. Um, I mean, it's a horse that you and I followed real closely all throughout autumn, but um, we we did jump off him because this spring just was not looking the same whatsoever. And I was just waiting for him to show the same sort of spark so I could get back on. Certainly did that last start. Um, when getting the win, um, monkey off his back. I reckon Tommy Barry goes on board. I think he can just continue with this momentum. Uh, $2.80 to win. Great price to have on Halal, who seems to be back to its best. Nick, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm going with Coast Watch in this one. Um, watching that race last, last start with the win by Halal and Coast Watch in the Quinella. Um, the extra 100 metres here, I think that Coast Watch would just right over the top. Halal was leading there and then Coast Watch was coming back, but Halal just hold, held off in the in the end. So, yeah, Coast Watch, I reckon, will benefit nicely to the 1,600 metres. So, yeah, Coast Watch will be my tip for the second of the tip-off. Lovely. And uh, before we get into the Cox Plate, we've got to deal with the invitation. Peter Volandi's newest of what feels like 100 Big money inventions of his for Sydney racing. This one's just for the girls. Um, the just for the girls who like to run around the middle distance sort of races. Two million dollar prize pool. So um, yeah, I'm thinking ice bath. I've just sunk way too much money into to jump off now. Been a year since her last win and seems to just always run into a bit of bad luck. I reckon. 
was absolutely primed to win the Epsom when the weathermen said that it was going to be a bog, but surprise, surprise, the weathermen got it wrong once again, and they went around on an absolutely bone-dry deck. So, she's all, and plus, she also got sandwiched pretty hard in the straight, which I thought didn't help whatsoever. Um, I mean, I, there is some slight rain forecast, but like I said in the track report, I don't think it's coming down. The weathermen always get it wrong, and even if it does come down, it won't get out of the good four range. I think there's only a couple of millimetres of forecast. But, I mean, any sort of rain coming down is good for ice bath, but has actually ran strongly on good track as well, despite being a bit of a swimmer. So I think for a horse that can charge the line really hard, can't see why $8 to win and $2.60 to place would be a bad each-way bet. I reckon should be in the finish, definitely going each-way on ice bath in the invitation. Nick, what are you thinking? All right, just before we get to that, did you just say he runs good on a good track? I mean, I didn't say he, um, she. sorry, she runs amazing on a good track, but has run all right on a good track. I know 15 starts. One win, only been... two seconds, two thirds from 15 starts on a good track. Yeah, okay. She is a swimmer, but has won on a good track. Once so, I mean, out of 15 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it doesn't read well, but like I said, I've sunk way too much money in this horse to jump off now because I feel like the second I jump off Ice Bath, it's going to win. And that's the annoying thing about these sort of horses. Like I said, if the rain comes in, I don't think it will. Ice Bath, it'll probably come into a lap. But, I mean, like you said, out of the 15 times it's run on a good track, it's only been in the top three five times. So... I don't know. Each way on ice bath, I reckon. I reckon she'll be in the finish. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Right. Well, I'm gonna go with uh, Nudge here. Third place right. down at Caulfield was a was a nice one. Um. Yeah. Look, it's just just looking a bit better than it did a couple of preps ago. Obviously, and it just looks like it's matured once it got, went through Queensland last prep. Um. With a 1.8 length behind Tefane, which is a very good horse that's battling at Group One level, so only less than two lengths behind a horse of that level really just impresses me. So yeah, Tefane, for I mean not Tefane, Nudge for me at twelve dollars and three dollars sixty will be my tip for the invitation. Lovely stuff. That concludes the tip off. As we move on, Cox Plate, Nico, we're gonna go runner by runner, sort the pretenders from the contenders. But uh, before we do that, just a bit of key information for you punters. Um, the Cox Plate, widely considered the most entertaining two minutes in Australian sport as it rounds out what is known as the now known as the Big Four. It used to be the Big Three in Australian spin racing, of course, with the Caulfield Cup, the Melbourne Cup, and that ever-controversial Everest. Um, it's also the only race in the Southern Hemisphere that is a part of the World Cup. So that's why it often attracts many international horses. However, due to COVID, there has been fewer in recent years. I mean, it's a race that a lot of horses use as their target race for the spring, but it's also a race that some people use, um, people, horses use as a last minute stepping stone to get fit for the Melbourne Cup. So you've just got to find that those horses that are probably going to be running a lot stronger if it's their target race. This is their grand final. Um, I mean... Either way, there are plenty of important lead-ups when you're looking at the form. Races like All-Star Mile, the Australian Cup, Memsey Stakes, Turnbull Stakes, Caulfield Guineas, 
and the Caulfield stakes, that's not even naming half of them. They're all real important when looking in the form here. Um, but when, in a betting sense, you need to find a horse that runs a strong 2,040 metres. But unlike other races, it's at Mooney Valley. So the horse needs to be able to handle the valley. It's, you know, it's known as a track where favourites go to die because it's just so narrow. It's it's so it's got such a short straight. So if you're a back marker, you you have to do it hard. You got to do it tough. But I mean, Winks did it plenty of times. But you know, not every horse is Winks. But um, yeah. So the track conditions are going to be no softer than soft fire by the looks of things. Even if it gets into the soft range, um, it's going to be very minimal rain. So. There's going to be some rain on Saturday, apparently, in Melbourne. If it does come in, like I said, soft five, good four will be a bet. So you just need a horse that's going to be able to do with either of those conditions. But um, we move in. Nick, the number one horse, Zaki. What do you reckon? Contender oh, or contender? I'm going with contender. Um, yeah, you can't, I don't think you can count him out. It's J-Mac comes back on. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to leave him there. Contender. Yeah. Hey, there's not much analysis there, but I don't think much is needed. I don't think much is needed. I think everyone has their own opinions on Zaki, and you either really like him or you don't. But um, so yeah, you can fill your fill your own analysis in there. But yeah, I don't have much to say about him. Well, you're certainly right. By some people like him, and some people don't. Because I'm gonna just come out of the gates and say it here: Zaki will not be winning on the weekend. Yes. He's a contender. I'm not stupid. Zaki is, of course, a contender in this race because at his best, he could probably trot this in. But his last two starts in Victoria have told us he just isn't at that point right now, in my opinion. I'd bet my mother that he needs to push forward here if he's any chance because he was just exposed last start when he got absolutely whacked in a sit-and-sprint type of affair in the might and power. Um, but the good thing is J-Mac on board knows him well and Barrier 6 is the perfect barrier to allow him to do so. So I think he'll have no troubles when it comes to getting to the front. Um, according to Annabelle Nation, seems to be handling Mooney Valley well, according to his track work and his couple of jump outs that he's had, but I just can't be on him. If he was around the $3.54 plus mark, I reckon maybe you'd entertain him betting on him, but I just feel he's going to get nabbed in the final stages again, especially if they start to pressure him a lot earlier than anticipated, like they did in the Might and Power. His Achilles heel has been exposed, Nick, and I reckon he'll have a field of nine other horses behind him breathing down his neck, trying to shoot at it again, in my opinion. I just don't think Zaki is winning on the weekend. That is my bet. I reckon if you're betting on Zaki, it'll be a lay instead of a win. Big call. Very big call, but I just don't like Zaki. I think he, uh, think, um, like I can't say he's a pretender, but don't think he's going to be winning. I think he's unders. Enough. Move on. Number two, Dallasan. What do you reckon? Yeah, pretender. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, he'll snag that group one that he's been chasing one day, but uh, not here. Not here. Especially not enough rain to help him, and don't think he's going to be able to contend with the likes of. You know, the Zaki's, the Probabils, the Very Elegance. Don't think you'll have it here. Pretender on Dallasan for me. What are you thinking about Gold Trip, the international, the number three horse, Nick? Going with Pretender, I've read something today that has come out that he's dis- displayed lameness, lameness in his off fore and off hind leg. So it's it's not a good sign to have in the coming up days to the Cox Plate. So I'm going to go with Pretender. 
Yeah, I mean, I wrote this before that happened because, of course, yeah, he's come out and failed a vet check. But um, I definitely think if he can pass a vet check and be proven to be able to run to the best of his ability and doesn't end up getting scratched, I reckon he's a dead set contender. Um, Marion Eustace know how to get these internationals going because, of course, last year they uh, won first up with Sir Dragon A, so there's no reason why they can't win with this horse first up. Um, I mean, one career win does read pretty dreadful, but, I mean, he did place fourth in last year's Group 1 Arc de Triomphe, which is widely considered as one of the best races in the world for those of you who aren't in the know when it comes to international racing. And I just think that European form is definitely enough to be competitive here. And, you know, like I said, Marion Eustace know how to get it done with the internationals with Sir Dragon 8. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, I just think he's going to attack the line like an absolute dog if he can get that lameness sorted out. Um, personally, I reckon he's probably better suited second up for the Melbourne Cup, if I'm being honest. Currently $26 for the Melbourne Cup. If you're keen on him, have a fiver on at that price. Because I reckon if he does end up running around in this Cox Plate, I reckon the ride is going to be positive enough for that price to drop. But uh, yeah, I reckon Gold Trip's a dead set contender in the Cox Plate, Nick. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, number four, call sign Mav. No chance. Pretender. Yeah. Uh, only had run run over 2,000 metres and it certainly wasn't enough to convince me that uh, that it's going to be matching the likes of Very Elegant and Zaki. So yeah, pretender on call sign Mav. But uh, what about number five, Moanga? Real interesting one for me, Nick. What are you thinking? Yeah, um, we we had a post out today that um, I know we discussed it earlier on off camera, um, off podcast, sorry. But yeah, I think he's a genuine, genuine contender. Um, hasn't been given much respect really for this prep when he hasn't been anywhere. Like, he hasn't been out of it at all. It's been 1.6 lengths. Is his worst this prep off the win, and that was a fifth place behind when Private Eye won that Group One. Other than that, he's come second to incentivized by 0.3 of a length, and he beat Very Elegant at Ramwick. So, yeah, I think he's a genuine contender. And Annabelle Nisham has come out and said that they've got the perfect perfect barrier for him. And yeah, I've I've got nothing more to say. I think. Genuine, genuine contender and probably one of the best each-way plays of the day. Yeah, you've taken the words out of my mouth. I reckon $12 is an outstanding price to get for a horse that has such good form. Like Annabelle Nisham said, people have been sleeping on him. He's underrated. He beat very elegant at Randwick. You've got to respect it. He won the Rose Hill Guinness in autumn. Of course, that's an important lead-up event for this race. Like you said... Lost to incentivize by nose. So definitely think he's going to be able to run a really strong race. Like we said, Bowman on board, got the perfect barrier for him. Yeah, I agree with you. One of the best each way bets in this race for sure. But um, I'm keen to get your thoughts on number six. Very elegant. What do you think? Yeah, well, it's it's a hard one here and I'm going two ways and two ways about it. Soft track, contender, stays a good track, absolute pretender. And I'd love to hear what you have to say about that, and I can come back and give you a bit more about why I think he's a pretender. Very elegant, a pretender? Oh, 
God, you're hurting my heart. I think Very Elegant's a contender and will always be a contender, no matter the form leading into the race, no matter the track conditions. So I think the fourth placing last start can absolutely be forgiven. Like you said, if it's a soft track, you can all but guarantee that she's going to be in the top three. Um, because wet ground plus high-pressure situation, you will never see the big VE any better proven by its last win when it looked gone with 50 metres to go, but then jumped out of the ground and took it. Um, according to both Waller and the jockey, um, she's just dealing with Mooney Valley far better than she has in the past. Of course, the only time she's run at Mooney Valley, I think she was nine lengths off the finish. It was pretty poor for Very Elegant. But um, yeah, apparently, according to her track work, she's much more comfortable there than she was last time. So that adds some real confidence. I think if she wins this one, absolutely cements her status as a legend of Australian racing. Um, I mean, yeah, you'd probably want more rain than is forecast for her. But yeah, she's no slouch. No matter the conditions, I expect a top four run from Very Elegant. And I really need you to come back and convince me otherwise. I don't know why you're saying it's a pretender. Well, it's a big one. Why is J-Mac not on Very Elegant if he, he's literally gone, nah, I want to be on Zaki over Very Elegant, and that says a lot in itself for a horse that he's ridden pretty much all of its group ones in history for Very Elegant, almost all of them, and he's hopped off. Like, that says a lot to me in itself. So, yeah, that's that's my, my thought process behind it. Is that the only reason you think it's a pretender, or you just think that because J-Mac's jumped off, it's what? alarm bells? I just don't think Very Elegant has the chance. I, I think it'll be there, but I don't think it'll win. And in my thoughts of contender, I'm saying this horse has a chance to win. It's not this horse, horse is going to be in the top four. That's not what I'm going about. It's this horse is going to win, has a chance to win. And I just, I don't think Very Elegant has a chance to win. I just don't think has that extra, extra oomph that is going to get it over the line against Saki, Mawanga. Yeah, Probabil, Animo, they just... Yeah, I don't think so. Jeez. My goodness, Nick, as a very elegant fan hearing this, as a staunch very elegant fan hearing this, uh, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm speechless. So please, take us away, number seven, Probabil. I'm going to have to recover from that. What do you reckon, Probabil? Oh, please don't attack Probabil. It's another one of my favourite horses, as we know. I, I can't take much more of this pretender or contender for Probabil. Yeah, he's going to have to be a contender. Um, Probably wouldn't be backing at the price. Don't think. Don't think. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go pretender. Change my mind just because you're you're going on like a a bag of vegetables over here. (laughs) Come on. Um, No, I don't don't think he can win. Probably lucky win over Zaki. Yep. I don't reckon. Gee. No. I reckon, what you reckon? I, I reckon she, don't disrespect Probabil like that, she is outstanding odds at $15, um, but definitely going to have to have it dry. If it's uh, soft, don't think uh, she's going to have much of a shot. And, I mean, just like Very Elegant, Probabil seems to have not been great at uh, Mooney Valley, but of course those were on soft tracks, so you couldn't really get a gauge of if it was because of Mooney Valley or it was because of the wet ground. But um, according to Preble, who, honour again here, 
she's dealing with uh, Mooney Valley quite well in the track work, so don't can her out. Knocked off Zaki, so you've got to respect that. Um, but yeah, come race day, if that track isn't dry, can't see probability winning. Um, but if it's if it is dry, have her in your top four exotics for sure. Otherwise, you might be crying at the end of the race. But um, yeah, probability, like I said, contender in the dry. I mean, I'm probably going to have to say Pretender if it's wet, but only, only if it's wet. Got to stick by probability. You, you can't say $15 is a good price when Moanga, who we've both agreed is a definite chance, is at $12. If if Moanga is listed at $12, he probably needs to be listed at 22 I say, personally, I re- before I even look at probability. Probability at $15 is a bit of an insult. I mean, I reckon probability at $15 is bang on the money dry ground. I reckon, yeah, if it if it becomes wet, $20, $22 is probably the range that you'd be wanting to bet on her because, like I've said time and time again, because you just got to drive it home. Never won on wet turf has probability. Unlike Very Elegant, who loves it, wetter the better. Probability is drier the better. So, I mean, you make a good point. Moonga, I reckon, is probably a better each way play betting sense. But uh, I just don't think you can count her out. I think she's just one of those horses that can definitely dig in when called upon. And if she does, I mean, you'll end up, like I said, you'll be crying at the end of the day that you you didn't stick by her. Because just like Very Elegant, she's just a horse that when the jockey decides to flip that switch and say, hey, you need to go here, we're in with a shot. It just responds. She just responds and can jump out of the ground and get it done. So, yeah, if it's a dry track, I'd be having $5 each way on probability. That's all I'll say. Mm. But uh, we move on. Number eight, State of Rest. Nick, it's another international who I believe came out and also failed a, uh, failed a vet test. So what are you thinking? No chance. Don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it's an O'Brien horse, so you definitely need to respect that. But I reckon it would be an absolutely career-making effort to win here. Don't think it's going to happen, especially after that vet check. So, uh, yeah, pretender on state of rest for me. Um, Animo, the uh, the, the youngin, what are you thinking? You go first this one. Okay. Um, I mean, surprisingly, I reckon the youngin Animo, major contender. I think it's... Uh, for one reason and one reason only that it is a contender and it's the weight that it's carrying. 49 and a half kilos is probably, it's basically a feather when you're going 2,000 meters and above. So I reckon that's going to help immensely. Any heavier, I would have probably counted um, Animo out. Uh, won the fastest Caulfield Guineas in history in dominant fashion. So that's a tick sign. But I think the distance is probably what's going to end up laying Animo down in the end. Usually being a short distance horse and never gone beyond the mile. So nobody really knows how he'll fare at the uh, 2,040 metre mark. I think he's going to run a super race, definitely, because he's carrying nothing. Just don't think he's going to win. What are your thoughts? Yeah, genuine contender. And anyone that has anything to say about it, you're wrong. Because <laughs> carrying 49 kilos when he's won the Caulfield Guineas in the fastest time ever at 57, dropping down 8 kilograms... For the Cox Plate, oh, massive, genuine contender. Like if you, you can't be, you can't be against that. It is can't pretty, be. It is pretty massive. But I mean, four dollars is a bit short, don't you reckon? 
I think it's a pretty fair prop. Fitty, oh, betting point of view, probably a bit short. I'd probably like it a bit more at the seven dollars fifty eight dollar mark for betting, but I still reckon you probably you can probably win. That's that's my thought process behind it. I, when I look at the field, look through the weights, look through the barriers. Animo's got a pretty good barrier in barrier ten. Craig Williams on board. So I sent sent the message to the boys saying Animo carrying forty nine kilos is dangerous, and then the boys go, oh well, yeah, but. All the jockeys have turned him away because Craig Williams is on board. Well, no, there's not going to be many jockeys that are going to be able to get down to 49 kilos. So Craig Williams would probably be the best, the best jockey that can get at that weight. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't look into that too much. So I reckon Animo is one of the bigger players of the Cox Plate. I mean, yeah, the the appointment of Craig Williams is seen by a lot of people as a negative purely because he's a little bit out of form. But I think it's spoke volumes that as soon as, you know, Animo was within question and got it start in the Cox Plate, that they immediately booked Craig Williams. Craig Williams was like, yep, yeah, I'm on. I am on Animo. I'm not jumping on any other horse. I want Animo. So, yeah, I mean, I think certainly at that weight, Willow can, you know, bounce back in his form and, you know, the horse, it's, it's a good horse. I only missed the trifecta once. I mean... It's one half of its races. Of course, like you said, at a high weight, won the fastest ever Caulfield Guineas. But, I mean, you just don't know. It hasn't gone over the mile before. And for such a young horse who hasn't gone the distance, $4 to me. Only a dollar more than Zahi for Animo? I don't reckon. I reckon that's pretty silly. Like, why, are you, why are you calling it a why are you calling it a far out? Jesus! Why are you calling it a contender if you're going against it? You know what? You're right, Nick. Go Animo. on, do it. Pretender, pretender for Animo. There you go. Animo is Clip an that. absolute Clip that. pretender. There you go. I reckon not going to get it done. Not going to get it done. And to be fair, just like we said with Mask Crusader last week, if Animo somehow wins this, I'll be happy to be wrong because it'll be very special to see such a race because, I mean, it'll, it'll just be special to see a three-year-old win. They they have won before, but it's rare. And to see such a young horse absolutely trump the likes of Zaki, very elegant, probable, it'll be something special. But Animo, pretender in my mind. And I think we're going to oh, align in the last no one, way. Captivant. Pretender or contender? Pretender. Yeah. No chance. Not even with the weight. It's just weight's down low again, but... Yeah, can't be there. Yeah, if I if Animo is a pretender for me, Captivant can't be a contender. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, what do you reckon? We've gone through runner by runner all ten horses. What's your verdict? Well, you've gone. You started with six out of the ten runners being contenders, and then dropping Animo. So you've gone half of the field has a chance to win, is what you're saying. Yep. So, oh. It's a, it's a tough one. I, I, I've i gone for my top four is Animo, Zaki, Mawanga, and Very Elegant. That's my top four. My winner is Animo. I think he's absolutely going to be a champion horse for many years to come. Just going to keep on winning. Um, and Mawanga second, Zaki third. And very elegant coming in fourth. That'll be my tip. Eh, fair enough. 
my uh, verdict. I just have to. Very elegant to win. Top four, very right. elegant. Zaki. Gold trip, if gold trip can pass fit and actually does go around at its best. And then Mwanga rounding out the top four. And I reckon, yeah, I reckon Zaki to lead be looking like it's going to be a good thing and then just absolutely get swooped by the big VE. I reckon that's how it's going to play out. Jeez. Big call, big call, but yeah, very elegant to win the Cox Plate and cement legend status, I reckon. But uh hope you enjoyed that, punters, our runner-by-runner analysis of the Cox Plate. We've got one more left for the season with the Melbourne Cup in just, I think it's uh, 13 days' time. It's, it's very soon. It's within two weeks, so we can start getting excited for that. But we move on. We'll quickly go through our Randwick Quaddy. Uh, race 7, we've got Zarek, Cephas, Skymax, and Achiever. Race 8, we've gone skinny. Only Halal and Coastwatch. Um, and race 9 and 10, who have we got, Nick? Entrevere, Ice Bath, Nudge, and Vangelic. And then race 10, Gravina, Bellucci Babe, Kinlock, and Quantico. And $50 gets you 39%, which is not too bad. And hopefully we can actually... Tip a quarty for once. I mean, yeah, we're ten episodes in when we've yet we've yet to tip one, so we probably should try and get one before the fifteen episodes is up. Would be pretty embarrassing to uh not get a single quaddy since it is our namesake. But um yeah, if that gets up, thirty nine percent will definitely be a nice return. But um other than that, Nick, anything you want to say to the listeners? Good luck again this weekend with your punting. Gamble big. The more you bet, the more you win. That's all I have to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, before we go, I just want to say a massive thank you. We absolutely smashed our listener record. We hit over 200 listeners on a single episode last week for the first time ever. So we love you for that. Keep sharing, keep subscribing, and keep punting. But remember to punt responsibly. Always gamble responsibly, punters. But yeah, massive weekend. Good luck. We'll see you next. Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside.